I almost picked French horn instead. Did you really? Yeah, I remember. Oh I tried God. French horn trombone and tuba. Jeff, who would you be? I don't know. Maybe play, I would be better if at you it. You played French horn. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you play the second lowest instrument in the orchestra. That's true. Or I guess that's the bassoon and bass, right? My name is Julia Radhakrishnan, and you're listening to Quadcast. Quadcast is a weekly podcast started last year to highlight unique, diverse, and impactful recognized student organizations, or RSOs, across UChicago's campus. We discuss the club's purpose, what it means to the community, and how to get involved. Today, I got to sit down with Luca Gonzalez-Abrew, Will Kent, and Jeff Geiger, who are all members of the brass section of UChicago's Symphonic Orchestra. How are you feeling today, guys? Good. Doing pretty well. Yep, not bad. So before we get started, how did each of you kind of get involved with orchestra? Well, uh, I'll start. Um, I started playing in orchestra when I was when I was in eighth grade, and I started playing in the Chicago Youth Symphony and kept doing that for a long time. And then uh, when I came to college, I wanted to keep playing in orchestra, so I auditioned and was you know lucky enough to get into the orchestra, and I've been doing it for the past. Two and a half years now. Uh, yeah, similar story. When I started undergrad a long time ago, <laughs> um, I wanted to keep going with music. And where I went to school, um, you could only do orchestra in the fall um, because there was no concert band. In fall quarter, there was marching band instead, and I didn't want to do that. So I played an orchestra there. When I started grad school here, I wanted to keep going with it. So I tried out. My first experience with orchestra was 10th grade of high school, where when I started with the um, my Greater Miami Youth Symphony, um, and before that I had only been in like my high school's uh, concert bands, um, so I'd never played with strings. But once I first started that orchestra, I really enjoyed it. So when I got here, I knew that I really wanted to participate in the orchestra here. So I auditioned, and then I was lucky enough to get in. And tell me a little bit about the application process. How competitive is it every year? You know, you do have to audition. And even when you're in the orchestra in a particular year, the next year your spot isn't guaranteed. You do need to audition again. As far as how competitive it is, I think that it depends every year on how many like trombonists are on campus. <laughs> um, so in a given year, there might be no one new who wants to join the orchestra. In another year, there might be you know four new people in addition to the people who were previously there, and there's only three slots. So it's sort of on a year-to-year basis as far as I know. 
UChicago has a pretty artistic student body. So what distinguishes the orchestra that you guys are members of versus some of the other musical groups on campus? Well, I think as a opposed to a lot of the RSOs, I know there are student acapella groups and things like that. We're directly affiliated with the school, so we're managed by Barbara Schubert, who is the uh, director of the music department here. And as a result, it's a bit more formal in how things are managed, and there's sort of a bureaucracy behind it. I think I would also uh, say the, the thing about the orchestra, which is very interesting, is that it's not just composed of undergraduate students or just graduate students. It's people within the community. It's people who have graduated from a while ago. So like I'm a third year undergrad. Jeff is getting a PhD right now. Luke is a first year. But in the horn section in front of us, there are attorneys and people who are professors, people who are getting musicology degrees in other parts of the orchestra. So it's it's a really mixed bag in terms of the kind of people that you're with, both how old they are and what their interests lie in. And correct me if I'm wrong, but there's about 100 members in your orchestra? Yeah, give or take. Sounds yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, and you guys put on two major concerts a quarter, which is pretty ambitious. So how do you guys go about preparing for uh, all those concerts? Uh, yeah, well, we meet for rehearsal every Wednesday and then sometimes on, on Sunday. And besides that, it's pretty much up to every musician to like practice on his or her own, own schedule. And I feel like that's very important because, you know, you like... You can't succeed if you just show up to rehearsal and just sight read everything. You have to like actually like listen to the music outside and then you have to practice it because like you said, it's a very ambitious program and the music that we play, like Stravinsky and Dvorak, isn't very easy and it's not something that you can just sight read often. And you guys recently put on your Halloween concert. Tell me a little bit about how that went. We all dressed up as the Ghostbusters. It was yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> Been, been campaigning for that for the past two years and we finally got a unified costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that concert is pretty fun, I think, because the whole orchestra is allowed to dress up uh, in a Halloween costume instead of wear a tuxedo um, or a dress or whatever. Um, so that's pretty fun and I think that a lot of times the music selection for that is a little bit more eclectic too. So Barbara will look for things that are sort of spooky so we might play something from a film score instead of... Um, something from the more established classical canon. So I think that's sort of interesting. It's an interesting change for the audience. Yeah. We got to play music from the King Kong soundtrack, and that was really a great joy to play that.
terms of having to go to practices every week and practicing outside of the group, how do you really balance your academic life and your practice and your social life? There was sort of a development for me, like especially when I was an undergrad, I played in an orchestra that actually rehearsed twice a week instead of once a week. And um, I definitely got to the point where it was really frustrating and I felt like being in orchestra was distracting me from doing homework, um, distracting me from studying, um, just because I had to go to rehearsal so much. And I sort of had to actively start to view it not as an obligation, but as an opportunity. So it's sort of an opportunity to like disengage from everything else and just kind of relax and play music for an hour and a half or three hours or however long the rehearsals are. Um, and it actually took some doing. There was like actively this thought process of like, I should be enjoying this and it's not a chore. But over a few years as an undergrad, it got to that point for me. So usually now it's pretty easy for me to kind of see it as an opportunity and plan ahead for it, know that I do need to be getting, you know, my other obligations done outside of rehearsal. But when I go there, it's sort of like mental oasis. How do you think you kind of got back to that place of having music as sort of a release rather than a burden? That's a good question. Yeah, I think at some point as like a sophomore or junior undergrad, I just was really stressed out. I would be like carrying my trombone to rehearsal in college and sort of like not dreading but sort of fuming that I had to go there because I had this this homework to do or this like test the next day or something. So like I said, it was really sort of a, a uh, an overt thought process on my part, kind of telling myself like you're doing this, you should be enjoying it, right? This is a hobby. This isn't something that anyone's forcing you to do at this point. Like I was in college, I was making my own decisions. So it was kind of a combination of telling myself that and learning to schedule things around the rehearsals and make sure that it was something that I was really enjoying. One of the first things that Barbara told us was just to like set aside an hour here and there and just like show up and just work on it um, and to be like very adamant and because we're all so busy here. Um, it's a lot different than last year for me when I was in high school when not only was the music easier but also like I had more time to practice. So here I just tell myself like I'm gonna work on it and it's not necessarily something that I see as a burden because a lot of the music is really enjoyable. Um, I really enjoy playing Stravinsky, uh, this, like for the first concert for example. And so yeah, it's something that I, I really appreciate doing and it's, and it's just really fun. I mean, I think a common experience for people when they go to college is that there's a big shift in the way work is allocated towards you because high school is so structured and as a result even though my, my high school academic work was so structured that in turn structured the way I practiced and rehearsed with my groups because the time was more limited but it was more apparent where you should go whereas where you go to college and you know most of the time you're not in class but during that time you need to structure your own work and so on and so forth so I, I think it took me probably a couple quarters to get a really nice equilibrium where I could really practice efficiently and still enjoy what I was doing while getting work done. Sim similar to Jeff, it, it took some balancing, but I am I am happy to go to orchestra every Wednesday and just know that this is not something that I'm getting a grade for. This is something I'm there. I'm just having a good time and I'm playing music. Is there a sense of community that sort of comes with that, with being part of a group that kind of shares that mindset? Somewhat, at least. I mean, I would yeah. say that, you know, we definitely see ourselves as a group, like the low brass section. So the three of us and Sebastian, the tuba player, we definitely think of ourselves as like a section within the orchestra. Unfortunately, in such a big group, you don't get to like meet everyone. So we don't necessarily know a lot of violin or cello players um, or even the wood ones. They sit too far away from us. 
there definitely is a sense among the low brass that we're all doing this, and there's a kind of mutual understanding because of that. And there's an awareness in the whole orchestra that we all want to put on a good performance yeah. together, and you know we want the other sections to take it seriously, and we know that they want us to take it seriously and practice and be prepared for a performance. As trombonists and low brass players, I think we all share like a sort of identity that we play a very peculiar instrument, and so at least that creates a sense of like a shared identity between us. So going off that being a peculiar instrument, how did you guys end up picking your various instruments back when that happened? Um, It's been a while. Back in the Stone Age. (laughs) Um, I think that I was really convinced that I was going to play the trumpet, but I suppose that would have been in like fourth grade and you don't really know a lot of instruments. And then you get this opportunity, at least in my school, to try out some number of instruments. So like the fifth grade band director brings all the band instruments and you get to like, you know, sort of play random notes on all of them. And I think I just really thought that like slide of a trombone was really bizarre and like entertaining and these, you know, bizarre glissandi you can do on it. Probably spoke to my 10 year old brain. So I just went with it, Um, you know, and I guess I didn't look back. I've learned some more instruments in the meantime. So obviously I've been intrigued by other things, but trombone has always been the main one for me. Yeah, I had a similar experience when I was in fourth grade, and our band director came in and brought stuff. Though I, my reason was probably a little bit more idiotic than that. I thought I looked cool playing it, which was <laughs> informed by whatever nonsense I thought was cool when I was in fourth grade. But it you was, do have sort of a similar physical form to a trombone, maybe. This yeah, long, I, I, long and narrow. I, I guess, but it was uh, fortunately after I, I sort of picked this instrument, sort of from whatever random chance I had, I ended up really growing to love it as I got older and be happy with where I sat in the orchestra and what harmonies I would play, and it really spoke to me in the long run. I almost picked French horn instead. Did you really? Yeah, I remember. I tried French horn trombone and tuba. Jeff, who would you be? I don't know, maybe I would be better at it. you played French horn. (laughs) Now you play the second lowest instrument in the orchestra. That's true. Or I guess that's, that's bassoon then, bass, right? When is our next opportunity to hear the orchestra? December 1st. Yeah, December 1st. That's ninth week, right? Sounds right to me. (laughs) Saturday uh, Saturday of ninth week. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Yeah, we're playing Prokofiev's Sixth Symphony, and then we're playing another piece by a lesser-known composer who is also Russian. It's very... uh, conjures a lot of vivid imagery, Mm -hmm. I think, so Mm -hmm. it'll be a real good... It'll be a joy for people to come and see it and really experience that i think especially during ninth week people are going to be needing that well thank you so much for sitting down with me today you guys sure no problem thanks for listening to this week's episode of quadcast i'm julia radakrishnan and our music is produced in part by aaron senden andrew dietz and kenny talbot labega A special thanks goes out to Ben Kent and the entire Logan Cage staff for providing audio equipment. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so you don't miss next week's episode of Quadcast.